Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. Uh, it is a Monday. Um, it's a very gloomy Monday, even though the Easter Bunny has been and I've eaten a lot of chocolate. Uh, I've got a lem sip in front of me and I'm not feeling too great, to be honest. Um, I'm not ill because of this weekend and we've just lost 3-0 to, to Liverpool and it was pretty gloomy. Um, been ill for a little bit, but it really, really made things worse. Um, no matter how much lem sip I drink or, you know, I think the 11 men of Arsenal are keeping me down. But fortunately, I've got my man, the physio man, Gus Morrison, with me to, to make me feel a little bit better, I hope. I don't know, Toby. I think I might just reflect your mood back to you because obviously I went through the same same experience you did and everyone else did on Saturday evening. But the added caveat to that was my housemate is a Liverpool fan. No. So I had to watch it with a smug Liverpool fan, which oh. you just don't want to see. That it's there's nothing worse, particularly the season after they won the title. There really isn't anything worse. The smugness level is far too high. And to be fair, I mean they've been on a bad front run of form recently, which kind of puts them in their place a little bit more. Um but yeah, I can't imagine that was useful. What 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 went down? Um well we we just, we had the predictions before the game and stupidly allowed myself to get that kind of glimmer of hope. Because I forgot that Arsenal's main job in the Premier League is to provide a big boost to teams who are really, really struggling. So teams who have got yep. a bad form, it, that, or if you're striking you know, 25 games, play Arsenal and you're guaranteed to get them back scoring again. So I predicted one all. I, I would have said I'd have taken a, a point, obviously, with uh, Liverpool at home. Um, mm. She predicted a Liverpool win. She seemed quite confident, which I thought was stupid based on their recent form. But obviously that made me look even more of a mug. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 definitely not comforting to be the second favourite team for everybody in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 my predictions going into it weren't too far off that, to be fair. I mean, I didn't realise just how bad the injury list was. And um, maybe we can go into this as we look at the team sheet. But yeah, it was some real notable absences. And I, I don't know, before going into the game... I, I knew it'd be a counter-attacking setup for sure. Um, and Liverpool Arsenal was always a high-scoring game, so it was just who, who was going to score the most amount of goals. And obviously, it ended up being Liverpool by a long way, and we didn't score any. But um, yeah, I, 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 I was I was quietly confident going into this, given their form, and you know maybe we could take advantage of the fact they couldn't attack very well at the moment, um, and we could soak it up and then ping on the counter. Obviously not, but um, we've got some we've got some really good. Uh, three word summaries that really sum it up to be honest so thanks everyone for sending it in uh gus do you want to read out a couple first i know you've got a couple highlighted there yeah yeah um so george petty i don't <laughs> know if he's related to Emmanuel. anyway he's uh he's really summed up for me with just not very good yep i i see how we got to that conclusion to be honest um yeah we've got a few of those uh so dagunels with two s's um says poor from everyone yeah it's true yeah really really i highlighted that one as well um and then uh the one that really summed it up for me was jacob dot who just said i am depressed 
<laughs> We've had a few of those recently, I swear. Yeah, I, I know. It's not good for, for people's mental health watching this team. No, it really isn't. The combined of COVID and watching Arsenal, it's a real, real bad... It's a shit show, to be honest. Well, if someone else has said that, so LGH85S, absolutely fucking pitiful. Um, <laughs> I quite like Rog underscore Meister uh, says shower of shit. I mean, that, that as an image is yeah. pretty poor. Yeah, it's really poor. Um, I, I had a couple, I highlighted a couple of um, player specific ones because I really enjoyed both of them. <laughs> First from uh, Ehab Feroz, who said, sign Erling Haaland, which I mean, I'm all for. Uh, how <laughs> I mean, realistic I mean. that is. Um, I mean, if Eddie manages to pull that off, the man's a genius, but he would be even more of a genius if he could do what uh, Henry.Withers underscore suggests, which is please sell Ceballos. And if we manage to sign a player that we don't own, I think we really need to reevaluate because I'm not sold on, on um, Edu. But if he managed to to sell Ceballos back to Real Madrid, having not bought him in the first place, I think we really need credit where it's due. That and, oh, mate. That and signing uh, Haaland would be a really good summer summer of business for us. Or even better, if we could if we could swap Ceballos for Haaland using Real Madrid's uh, player. <laughs> I mean, Edu, take a bow. I actually saw something about Haaland today. Um, so apparently, his agent, i.e., his dad. Uh, has broken down the price of what they want from Barcelona for them to sign him. And it would be something about, I can't remember the exact uh, numbers, but it was like £30 million for the dad, £20 million for the agent who's involved, £5 million to the sponsor or something like that, and then then the transfer fee. Imagine being worth that much. Yeah. Someone would be willing to pay you that much just to yeah. be you. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not going to work it out now because it was so bad last time, but that is a lot of kidneys, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, the maths didn't really work out very well then. Yeah, I mean, we sat afterwards and just was like, that's possibly the stupidest stuff I've ever appeared yeah, on camera uh, or, yeah. or or anywhere else. Yeah, glad it was recorded and distributed to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is listened to in 58 different countries as well. Wow. So I reckon that's about a third of the countries of the world we've appeared stupid in now. Wow. That's excluding the ones I've been to as well. So it's probably even more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's nice. Well, um, <laughs> on that note, on that note, uh, so, so two people with some very low IQs are about to tell, talk about Arsenal. So, um, well, let's start where it um, always starts: the team sheet. So, mm. there was a lot of lot of question marks there. I mean, the talking points I've got down from Chambers holding Sabios, Aubameyang, Pepe. I mean, just and and obviously the positions that they were taking or injured people that they were replacing. And positional, positionally, um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I completely agreed with the entire team sheet as far as Bernd Leno. And then after that, I started to to have a few questions. <laughs> uh, so I te- like uh, Toby, Toby texted in a group saying, um, how, how do we feel? And I was like, I was feeling quite confident until I saw the team sheet. Um, mm. So uh, I didn't realise how I hate international breaks anyway, but going into the international break, oh, there's a medical bulletin done on the um, on the website uh, and it was empty. It just said there are no injuries. <laughs> every Everyone was fit. Come back from the international break and we had like four players 
unavailable. And then obviously Tierney going off halfway through the game. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I didn't like it. The only bit that I would have done something different, though, I think we're so short on options is probably... Um, I wouldn't have played Aubameyang and Lacazette together. Yeah. We, talk, we talked about it on the last podcast saying, I can't remember, we found that stat saying like basically we never win when they play together. And for that, I wouldn't play them together. But he obviously, um, obviously went for it and it, it just yeah. didn't work. I'd have, I'd have played Martinelli there, but I know, you know, everyone wants to see Martinelli, but it's not going to, it's not going to suddenly happen, is it? No. It's it's difficult. I mean, I had the same reaction um, looking at the team sheet. It was it was quite worrying. I was it did feel like we were looking at a team sheet from about six months ago, and and obviously we yeah. all know what happened there, and and that's exactly what happened in the end as well. Um, obviously, Emil Smith Rowe, Saka, um, Louise, and Xhaka, two really important players as well. I mean, it was it was it was pretty demoralising to be honest. Um, having said that. Given those injuries, uh, and by the way, I think someone like Emil Smith Rowe and Saka, I have full confidence that they'll be back for Thursday. I think that was they were rested. I think there was full, full focus on Thursday. So I think if there was any sort of tiredness, I think Granit Xhaka has just come back of probably playing three games for Switzerland. Um, I think there was probably an eye on Thursday, and they've got thought. You know, the Premier League is is kind of gone. We really need to do well in the Europa League, and I'm I'm okay with them focusing on that. Um, in retrospect, so I actually look at the team sheet. I wasn't, I don't think I'm actually that frustrated with it. Um, and I know that sounds crazy given what happened. And at the time I was very annoyed, but actually I kind of think, well, what what would I have done? And I go through the situation again, and I think I would have done something extremely similar uh, given the amount of injuries. I mean, I don't know who else I would have played. I mean, I, I completely agree with you with Aubameyang. I would have either have put him through the middle, um, which would have been fine, but I, I I think Lacazette would have been the right option if we're playing on the counter with him dropping back and uh, playing off to the wide players like he does. Um, but Aubameyang just isn't that wide player at the moment. You know, I would have liked Martinelli um, and all that sort of thing as well. But I think playing a compact game and, you know, absorbing any attack they would have and playing on the counter with some quick wide players seems like the sensible option. And actually, the last time we played Aubameyang, Pepe, and Lacazette together was the FA Cup final. Um, was it? Yeah, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. But I think a lot, a lot's changed since then. Um, and and I've read I've read a uh, a really good article by James Nicholas on the Athletic actually uh, just, just came out this morning, and it was saying that he was quite near uh, Abamyang uh, Arteta. He was talking about the the calls that he was shouting, um, and I actually said I think on the Instagram that I think Arteta got it wrong in terms of a setup, but actually I just think nobody either listened to him or they didn't perform and nothing, it just didn't really work. It felt like a, a setup that was very shaped to what we were doing at the end of last season that was working really well against the big teams. Um, and actually we just didn't perform it. Maybe we're not used to playing that setup. I don't know, but James McNicholas's article was talking about how much Arteta was shouting at the players, all these different calls. So Bios to get nearer to Thiago every single time, clearly not listening to him, apparently you know, a, few, a few times in the first half. Aubameyang to drop back, who, which we can go on to in a bit, never did. Um, and uh, who else? There was a number of different things. Uh, Pepe as well, quite a few shouts there. So I, th- I think it almost seemed like the there was a plan that was never implemented. 
Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I haven't read that article, but the uh, calls you mention are around like zero skill, uh, like attributes. Yeah. It's not like those are things that the players are unable to do, which obviously does happen. You put Sabios in for Xhaka and Sabios cannot play the way that Xhaka does. But if the calls that they weren't doing are things that I could conceivably do, like I would get found out, but I could run around after Tiago. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm capable, like anyone can do that. So it's interesting that the, um, the things they weren't doing are essentially the most basic components of the game. Yeah. I, I, I can't really figure it out. I mean, if, if we're talking about the game as a whole, I mean, the, it was the, the effort and the desire, the winning 50 fifties. I mean, just like your, your basic stuff, which you, to be honest, for an Arteta team, you really do expect, um, was pretty, pretty shocking. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what happened there. I think maybe there's a couple of players there that maybe Arteta should have learned not to have played. Um, I think we've had enough signals that, well, I think Ceballos, I think is probably, he's going back to Madrid. I think he probably knows his future's up here. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't think maybe he doesn't feel as loved now that Party and Xhaka have found a, you know, a partnership. I don't know. I think we've had enough signals to not play Lacazette and Aubameyang together when Aubameyang's on the left. Again, I think Lacazette was the right choice up top, but um, I don't know. <clears throat> what, what do you think? Yeah. When we talk, it's very easy to blame things that are unmeasurable, you know, desire, wanting it more, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, no, I, no doubt that, you know, they, the system they played didn't work. It was a bad plan, poorly executed. But I, I, I do think, like, the way Liverpool played, we, no matter who we played in those positions and which system we played, we would have been beaten. Um, it's just obviously the manner in which we were beaten by just yeah. like <laughs> offered like our first shot on target was just before half time and that was a, a Pepe header that was just so tame mm. like it, Alice you know it doesn't even really count as a shot um, it's just so difficult to watch when it's like that where you offer offer like absolutely nothing mm. And it felt, it really did feel like November. It, you could, yeah. it, the whole yeah, yeah, from yeah, yeah. start to finish, the passive nature of where everyone was playing, kind of a thoughtless, there was thoughtless effort on the ball. That was, it was very, very stop start, very passive defending. I mean, it really did. I think if we're going to take any positive out of that, um, is that we know the answer to it. We know exactly why that's happened. And I think this only hammers home the point that Arteta is relying on certain players, players that are um, either very young, like Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, and even Odegaard to an extent, who I know played to yesterday, uh, but also players that are, you know, have mistakes in them, and that's Luis and Xhaka. And we're relying on those kinds of players, um, obviously with Party, but he played, I think, pretty well yesterday in Fennis. Um, and, and without that spine, um, and with Lacazette, Lacazette, sorry, with Bamiyang tailing off or we can go into the thoughts of what we think about Bamiyang perhaps after we've gone through the goals as he's perhaps at fault for a couple. Um, yeah, I think there's obvious needs to go into the transfer market there. And I think it's good. Well, and, and the back of that is we know we've got these players to come back in and 
we know a system that does work. We've been playing, I, we've been playing really well since November. Um, sorry, since December the 26th, that game against Chelsea. And this is the first time, I think, apart from the first 30 minutes of West Ham, where I've thought, we really deserve that, you know? And the rest of it, yeah. I think, has been pretty positive. So if we're going to take any positives out of it, and I am expecting Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka to be back for Thursday, the positives are that we do still have those players and we do know the key to get us out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Still, they're absolute bastards for yesterday, though. <laughs> oh, I can't it's believe painful, it. Painful, painful. Mm. Um, well, look, let's let's go through the game, shall we, anyway? I mean, let's just do the... Well, I've got some notes in terms of what's happened in between the goals, but let's go through them. Um, so it was a first half. Um, firstly, referee had terrible hair, which was quite funny. He clearly oh, had some... Yeah, <laughs> I noticed this as well. I pointed it out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was a lockdown haircut. 100%. Yeah. And he didn't even have the worst haircut on the pitch. He didn't. He did not. He did not. And who was that? <laughs> Bammers. Well, oh, man. You I know. can't. It's you just... can't look like Gollum and expect <laughs> people not to comment on that. Oh, no. Just, what? Or at least, at least be paying well. You know? I, I don't think you can. I don't no? think you can have that bad a haircut. The only player that I can think who came close to that was potentially Ronaldo, fat Ronaldo, in the 2002 oh, well, World Cup. Yeah, yeah, Where he yeah, just yeah. had his fringe. But, you know, he is the exception, not the rule. Bad haircuts mm. cause you to be bad at football. I don't know. Thomas Rosicki was pretty good. But then again, he got injured a lot. He did. and his So maybe that's because of his, his hair. Was it, I don't know if he... You, his haircut was like a a lack of haircut and very, you know, some people might have looked at that and thought it was cool. I did. Yeah, okay. But some people did. Check people. Maybe it's a quite acquired taste. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Does anyone think that Aubameyang's hair is good? Um, do you think? Does he, I, or has he just done it and think, oh, I can't back out now. I've got to just try and style this out. Maybe, maybe I, I don't have an answer to that, Gus. I mean, maybe his, maybe his mum likes it. Um, she has to say that though doesn't she yeah I know my mum tells me I'm very good looking all the time but <laughs> I mean I can't, I can't, you, can't, you can't trust that you just can't yeah wait, wait are you saying my mum tells you you're good looking your <laughs> well, a bit, bit of both but yeah fair enough yeah um, but um, anyway but at least she's consistent <laughs> um, football right okay uh, back to this so um, I, yeah I mean the, the first couple of notes I have um, centre around some of the stuff we obviously have been speaking about at the beginning and there's two notes that I've got. And I remember very well that that parties touches, if we were going to start on a positive, getting past every player when he's in a difficult decision under high pressure situations from his first touch in any sort of high pressure situation, he just gets out. And I think he did that about four times in the first 25 minutes. He looked really dangerous. And I think if a Bamyang had been a bit wiser to, to getting in behind, I think there were a few balls that he could have played um, I think there was one actually that he actually parties pass was just a bit short of a Bamiyang. So or, or otherwise he was not through, but you know, through on the left where he can cut in. Uh, but then the reason why I brought that up is because next to it, I've put Sabios passing is piss poor. Um, and it is a, the stark contrast to what we're used to. And I just, and I've got another, I've got <laughs> another one actually that says stop passing it to Danny. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, but he, even when he plays well, which he hasn't recently, he always has that in his locker where we just ping it off the pitch all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that a professional player does that on really good surfaces. It's not like it's bobbled up and it's come off his shin or something. Uh, but yeah, he he has he can definitely spot a pass. He can definitely play those like reverse passes, and he had, yeah. he's just too inconsistent. And when he doesn't offer that, he doesn't really offer anything else. Like he's really poor defensively. We saw in the Europa League the mistakes he makes. Yeah, and he's really lightweight, like physically, and like as a like a metaphor for a player. Like he he's just going to get pushed and bullied off the ball. Um, and he's not as good at Xhaka at winning free kicks. Like Xhaka's really good at just putting his body in between the ball and the player and then falling on top of the ball and getting a free kick. And Sabas just isn't. So he gives a ball away, either when he's dribbling it or when he's passing it too frequently. And like, I'm going to lose no sleep to the fact that he's going to back to Real Madrid at the end of the season. No, not at all. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take him on a free, to be honest. I really wouldn't. I just don't. Mm. He's had more than enough time to to make an impact, and he's kind of got he's got a skillful look about the way he plays, um, and that kind of is it. He has a good game every now and then. I remember. I think he's got high energy again. Yeah. I don't know where that energy is placed. You uh, know, if there's a manager you can get a, a tune out of him more, you know, get him to play at his level on a frequent basis, he would be a really decent player, handy player, but he just doesn't do it anywhere near often enough. He did no. it at the end of last season. He strung a few games together in the FA Cup run and it was good to see and him and Jack are quite a solid partnership. But like mm. that's the only period of time in his whole two years here that he's had any any consistency to his game. So mm. it must know, feel like, weird for him with Erdogan coming in and, and... <laughs> dominating. <laughs> yeah. Uh dear. But um yeah, uh, yeah. It's just I'm 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 sort of done with him to be honest. Uh, nice guy, Same. but just not quite good enough, really. Um, yeah. So, but again, the, the, the first encounters, really. I mean, I think I I seem to remember for the first twenty minutes. It it wasn't that bad, um, <laughs> like in terms of progressing the ball. But then I just remember getting to the as soon as we got to anywhere near the final third, we just got scared, and yeah. uh, I don't know. We just get the ball away something went wrong but i mean it was pretty uneventful generally um yeah and just being really time, yeah by half time i was thinking like we have really got away with that yeah like there yeah. Were a couple of good opportunities mané had a break where he, he played a poor pass to salah i think um james milner had a really good chance when oh, rolled yeah. to him on the edge of the box i was like he scores these i, re- I rate james milner so highly i was convinced he was going to bury that he put it wide then yeah. a couple of other chances and our only chance our only shot was that pepe header so i was like we we've got away from uh, with that and then we came out at the beginning of the second half after the, the drinks break obviously we were yeah. good for two minutes i think 45 to 47 minutes i think we, yeah. we completely dominated that patch of the game um, at what point <laughs> was it? Was this when Kieran's here when he got injured, or was that before half time? I can't. Uh, it was just before half time. So before. yeah, Cedric had to come on just before half time. Um, that's um, that's really big. And actually, yeah, again, just were... referring back to James McNicholas's um, athletic article, he basically said that Abamyang playing on the left, and maybe this is a good opportunity to bring it up. Um, was kind of uh, forgiven by how good and how adept Tierney is positionally um, and how hard he works on the left because Aubameyang really 
wasn't offering anything defensively. And I think today's the first game where, and I've never bought that Aubameyang is not trying or Aubameyang is over Arsenal or the contract getting to him and stuff. And I don't buy that still. But there has been a consistent couple of games now where his defensive work has been like embarrassingly bad. And and, and I, I can see why people would start to think this um you know yeah uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was really poor against West Ham mm. uh but like both offensively and defensively I I don't think you can play him on the left wing anymore mm. I think it, it just exposes whoever's there too much um and especially if you don't have Tierney behind you you yeah. don't have a, we don't have another left footed left back so it will be Cedric or, unless, or Saka. Saka but you can't like he's too good well, yeah I, I know but is if we're going to play defensive perhaps we could do what we did when um, when we had Tierney on the left and Chambers on the right against uh, West Ham or, or maybe yeah. something whereas you know maybe Cedric is the defensive left back in this instance, yeah. and then we have like a, a, an offensive right back. Yeah, um, I, I, I just think that's the only way, unless we do play Saka at left back, and maybe that's a debate to be had. I can I can see yeah. the arguments for both, although I would prefer Saka to be right on the right side, right wing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having Kieran Tierney out is is bad, and I'm praying for him. Um, hey, good news! You're a physio. Yeah. When's he back? <laughs> so he um... here's the inside guys. On the um, so obviously the, the physios and doctors come on, mm. and you don't really get to see that much. But they were doing quite a lot of ligament testing around his knee, and the one that he looked like he was in pain in was like the MCL testing, so the ligament down the inside of your knee. Um, and even if you could tell someone like you definitely have X grade, um, you don't you can't give them a specific time frame. Right. The only benefit of that is like compared to your ACL, if you're going to pick a ligament to injure, you want it to be the MCL because it will heal. Right. Um, but like the time frame for that, you know, you'd, you'd have to wait for a, a, a scan and then all the strength diagnostics as well. Yeah. <laughs> potentially two weeks, potentially season over, like it's impossible to yeah. tell from that. So I think we, we should assume he's out for, yeah. for Thursday. Going, going back for, yeah, for, for Thursday though, if you did play a Bamiyang on the, on the left wing, I think it's irrelevant on who you put left back, whether it's Cedric or Saka. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think you can have a Bamiyang there because he will not provide enough co- cover. Whereas even Willian, like I'd rather see Martinelli. Yeah. I'd rather, I would, but um, either of those two will give you something in comparison yeah. to a Bamiyang. So that then just leaves that, okay, who's going to play centre forward? Yeah, I'd, I'd still be for Lacazette. I'd, I'm really happy. Be. Yeah, really happy with how he would play. I don't think he was kind of at fault at all this game, really. I mean, he had nothing. It, it, he couldn't do anything in the game. So <laughs> His hold-up play was bad. As he's, yeah. he's really good against West Ham. And I, I, I thought he was man of the match against West Ham. But uh, it, he, the ball bounced off him a lot and his passing yeah. was poor. But it, collectively, like everyone was poor. So I, I'm not pinning it on him. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's go through the goals anyway. Um, uh, so embarrassingly, <laughs> just before the goal, um, I actually, I actually wrote on the WhatsApp group that we have saying uh, Gabrielle is very good at defending. Um, 
And then I've got a note here that says Jota did a bum wiggle. I think he did a bum wiggle somewhere. I don't know if you remember seeing that. I think it might have been a celebration. <laughs> oh, no. It was just before he came on and he did a warm-up and he did a little yeah. bum jiggle, nice. um, which I thought was really, really funny. So, you know, if anyone's listening and, and wants to know what I'm talking about, just Google it. I'm pretty sure it'll come up. Um, or if it won't, then that's just me being weird. Um, so, and then Cedric had that shot where he cut inside. Um, and then, anyway, yeah, Jota pops up. The most obvious thing that was going to happen. But again, what we're talking about, Bamiang. No effort on closing down. I mean, really poor, really poor effort of closing down Trent's cross. To be fair, an unbelievable cross. But again, it's not the first time we've seen holding, I suppose, Anne Chambers. I'm not really sure whose fault it was, but somewhere in between those two, neither of them jumped. Neither of them just split between them perfectly from somebody who's five foot two in mm. Diego Jota having a free header on the six yard line. I mean, I, I, I can't really see who's at fault there, but positionally, that is awful. Yeah. Uh, it was bad from start to finish. And uh, you mentioned like Aubameyang. If the cross doesn't come in, you don't have that problem. Yeah. Or at least yeah. if you try and force him to play a cross that's harder rather than essentially like a, a free kick. is almost a dead ball situation. And both their fullbacks are so good. Like... Yeah. As soon as it comes in, it's, da- it's a dangerous situation. Um, I don't know who to blame either. Collectively, as a defensive unit, it was abysmal. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know where to stand on this. I mean, we do look, we look like a mess without Louise, and it's crazy saying that, given how inconsistent. Well, not inconsistent, sorry, but given how many mistakes he's made and how much of a liability he can be, even though my belief, obviously, he's been really good generally. Um. He, yeah, we looked clueless without him. We didn't look like we didn't have a leader um, to an extent. Yeah, it doesn't help. I don't know if it's just Louise. I don't think it is. I think it's the constant variation of players at centre-back. Mm. Like how many times have Holding and Gabrielle played together this season? It can't be that many. By that no. point, it's Cedric at left back, Chambers at right back. Like that back four hasn't played together before. No, uh, and they, like the number of times that they have played together before is quite rare. Like yeah. Arteta quite likes to chop and change. The only one of the four players that I'd say is nailed on first choice, even if everyone was fit, would be Tierney. Yeah, every other position I'd say is like. Pfft, you know, right back, you play Cedric, you could play Bellerin, you could play Chambers. Like, I think Chambers is probably the weaker of the three options, mm. but not by miles. Same at the centre half positions, holding Louis, like, I, yeah. what's the difference between them? Like, there is no first choice, which isn't a problem, but there's no consistency to the players we're playing. And there's no standout performer, like, Gabriel taking was the game. the beginning of the season. For yeah, me. I thought he won player of the season for the first two months. <laughs> yeah, I know, definitely. Uh, no, if, if he player of the month was, was three month. months, Sorry, actually. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> well, it felt like he was going to be at the time. Yeah, yeah. But no, but he 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 tailed off. And and in fact, I, I really think he had a really excellent first 60 minutes. Like really, really excellent. I yeah. like I remember every one-on-one, the big tackles positionally, he yeah. was a leader. Um and um, this is where I suppose we'll get to the second goal, but uh, I think there's a second goal. But um, so Cedric goes off. So maybe this isn't all. Um, uh, sorry, this isn't Gab- all Gabrielle. Gabriel's. 
Yeah, but Gabriel's found on at left back ish position. The gap between him and Holding because Cedric's gone off and is is absolutely ginormous. Mm-hmm. And there's no communication to fill in there at all. Where's the leadership to make that happen? Although maybe it's not a leadership issue, I don't know. It's just like say they haven't played there before. Maybe they didn't expect Cedric to go off. He slides in. He's on the floor. Why? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just he cleverly the clever thing was to back out of it because otherwise so it'd be a penalty. But why have you done it in the first place? Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, he who was his man? It was uh, Salah, wasn't it? Yeah. Who had the ball. Yeah. So like he's gonna run out of space. Yeah. Or you're gonna force him to run across you like I just don't understand why he slid in at that point. All the no. other factors are beyond his control. You know, like, I'm paying two positions, therefore I have to cover more space, therefore there is more space. You know, that, that is difficult. But he matches the run of Salah really well. Yep. And he thought, uh, like, he's inside him, he's goal side. And then I can't understand why he would slide in. But maybe he was just scared of, Mane, uh, of uh, Salah's pace and he was just going to get round him if he didn't slide in there. But even if he doesn't get round him, he's probably going to force Salah to play on his right foot. Mm. Yeah, and he's basically not just going to let him waltz through and slot it through the keeper's legs, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, yeah it, it seems crazy to me. I mean, maybe he was feeling so confident because he'd actually matched Salah the whole game from yeah. the first minute. Um, and yeah, a moment, moment of madness. And if, if that's Louise, I think that, gets picked up in punditry as the focal point. Um, I think one thing to say in his defence there is just probably the sheer volume of work he was doing. Yeah. Because we were under the cosh for so long. Like, if you're exposed to that situation 10 times, you're probably going to make a mistake on one of them. Yeah. Uh, And that's why I just don't really like this type of surrendering possession so easily. Mm-hmm. And giving and let them attack you, uh, but yeah, he, yeah. He, that was it was a dumb decision. Um, well, then that, that kind of takes you on to this, the second one as well in terms of giving up possession too easily. And again, Gabriel yeah. at the centre of it. I mean, Leno passes it out to Gabriel. Um, Gabriel, he does a, a, just the most. When you're two 0 down against Liverpool, it was the most nonchalant chip over the top of probably Salah. I can't remember, but to get into Cedric's feet, Trent Alexander-Arnold pops up. And it somehow sort of goes through into the box. It looks like, to me, if Elneny was a bit sharper, he looked like, I thought he was going to cover it. I thought even though it had mm. gone past him, I thought he had enough pace just to tip it away or whatever, but it somehow gets the Jota. Yeah, goes in. Another one. No, it's just crap. Just crap. People, I mean, people, had a bit complain of about, people complain about playing out from the back. It won't change. I don't think it should change. Uh it's just the ex. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mm. understand again what his yeah. thought process was. Um, when you're two 0 down, you have to take risks, but I don't. I don't mm. understand his um, his decision to about, be so nonchalant there. Yeah, we talk about playing out from the back. I don't know if uh, you remember too much about it, but I swear Leno kicked it long way more than I've seen him do all season. He did. Um. So maybe they were, I mean, we could, we, you know what, we could analyse it to the cows come home, but really it was a bad pass and it all came from Trent Alexander-Arnold's intercepting it, what was a bad pass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, uh, but I agree with you. I think generally if you're going to have a system that, that has worked a lot in the past and paying it out from the back is what teams do at the moment, then and we get a lot of goals from it. So um, maybe against Liverpool it wasn't so clever, but I don't know. 
already well look so uh we've been speaking about the match for a long time there's probably quite a lot of good questions about various things so um let's do man of the match uh i mean if it was up until 60 minutes i'd have given it to gabrielle party made some good passes um i i don't i I don't have anyone mate (laughs) i really don't uh i was just trying to find the team sheet to find these sub (laughs) <laughs> no, I'll just give it to them. William. I bet. Yeah. I, I mean, did anyone do a particularly enthusiastic warm up? You know, on the sidelines? I can't say I watched the warm up intently, to be honest. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, should, we, should we give it fourth to. Fourth official. Fourth maybe. official, yeah. Yeah, I thought the refs had a pretty good game, in fairness. Yeah, but you can't give it to the ref because of his haircut. No. So bad. No. No. He looked like he had a haircut from somebody at Leeds for a fiver at Leeds University. Yeah. Yeah, um, been for a few house parties. Um, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. I, should we just skip past that? Because yeah, Dick do. of the Day is where is where really you know we can't give Dick of the Days to players really. Um, but I mean, I've got I've got a couple. Um, I, so let's do Dick I, of the Day. I, so you, you okay. want to go first? I've only got one. So you go first, then I'll do mine. You can finish off with your third one. Okay. So my I've know which one I'm going for. So I'm going to. I've got okay. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give my. Should we give our second places, and then we'll go into our first place? Okay. So yeah. my second place is. You go. Um, is Gary Neville, uh, for call it because he said that obviously Liverpool got a midweek game, and he referenced the team they were playing as Real Madrid. <laughs> real, the real Madrid. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, the, as automatic to fake Madrid. Yeah, just automatic dick of the day for me. So, what about you? Yeah, nice. Um, I've already mentioned him, but Aubameyang, you have to you have to give someone a bit of mm. stick for that haircut. It's obvious, bad. but I can't I can't look straight past it. And um, yeah, for his Gollum lookalike impression, uh, my second place goes to Pierre. Lovely. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, it was awful lid, awful lid. Um, who played well? I, I find it weird giving it to a player, but I think for, giving it to a player for a reason that isn't anything to do with the game is fine. Um, yeah. Okay, so my my actual dick of the day uh, goes to the the advertising manager <laughs> or the advertising board manager or wh- whoever is in charge of putting the advertising on the digital advertising boards, because just as we went, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, um, but just as we went three 0 down, they advertised Space Jam film across the whole of the advertising what board, film. which is a great film but like what happens in that all the players get all the professional players get their <laughs> talents taken away from them by little aliens and i was like we don't need to be reminded of just how bad these <laughs> these guys are playing when we go three nil down um, so good. it really yeah it was it was very you, you're either getting dick of the day or man of the match there it, it's, it's weird hilarious. how can go either yeah. way yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe lot. they maybe they get man of the match and maybe we'll take your dick of the day okay well i don't know well my one is so we obviously have the whatsapp group of uh mikhail's uplifted bastards who are not particularly uplifted at the minute i wish to change um, that name but when lacazette went down um to be honest, I felt very similarly, but Toby actually wrote, he's tickled his nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, say, I was like, Alakazette's gone down, uh, buy some time or something. And then he obviously gets up and uh, 
he's actually got blood all the way down his face and walks off the pitch to go and get, I don't know, 15 stitches or whatever it was. So I think my, my dick of the day has to go to you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair enough. I did feel like a bit of a dick that day um, yeah. <laughs> when when that happened because they even showed it in slow motion and it looked like he'd just been tickled on the nose and he was down on the floor. He got up and he looked like he'd been beaten up by Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> what an analogy that is. Yeah. That's yeah. Like you hear every day. No, it's not. No, it is not. And, uh, oh, God, I'm depressed about Billy losing to Liverpool. Anyway, right, let's... Um, <laughs> I just we started talking about Bigfoot and I realised why we were talking about Bigfoot and it's because we lost Liverpool and and I was very sad. Um, all right, let, let's leave that there for part one anyway and uh, let's take a break. We'll have a look at the questions and we'll analyse them in fine detail like we always do. Um, uh, all right, see you in a moment. Hello and welcome back to part two. Um, thanks for submitting your questions, everyone. Uh, always very useful. There's actually some really insightful ones today. I had to sift through a couple of hundred questions here, actually, to find some really good ones. A lot of the similar sort of vein. Um, okay, well, let's, I'll, I'll kick off with this one because I'm feeling smug and I, I fancy starting because you had the last couple, I think, actually. So, um, so uh, Jake.od9 uh, simply says, do you trust the process? Yes. Yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like you've got some. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's difficult, but on the on the stuff we said last time of uh, the XG is improving, the XG against is going down, so it, you, we should be scoring more goals. We should be conceding fewer goals. I feel like we say this all the time, but compartmental. Like we just lost to Liverpool. Like okay, uh, fine. Um, and in the terms of the the season, is that really going to affect our Premier League position? I think the damage has already been done. And before we started the podcast, I actually uh, I did some homework. Um, so on kind of like, is this going to be a a good season? Obviously, no. But like, what what can we really expect? And obviously, it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen in Europa League, so the one off games. But I did some maths, and I did this off the camera so I could check it so I don't sound like a a moron again no but, we're not we're not um, famous for maths yeah. I'm looking forward to this mate I'm really yeah. so I've got no I've got, I've got all written down here mm. so um so basically yeah, I've looked at the games and we've got 42 points uh, and that gives us an average points per game of 1.4 points so the maximum points we could take from this season if we run our eight remaining fixtures is 66 points and to put that into context, the last five seasons, that would get you, last year it would be third, season before sixth, season before that sixth, season before that seventh, season before that fourth. So you're probably looking somewhere around sixth place if we won the last eight games. Um, but if we took our average points over the whole season, so 1.4 points per game, and we managed to, we just carried on that exact same form for the last eight games. We would take 11 points from our last eight games. Maximum, that would give us 53 points. And in the last five seasons, the highest we would finish would be eighth, which is obviously Jesus. not great. So now, uh, where does Europa League go down to? Sixth. Well, Europa seven. League goes down to sixth, but seventh if someone else wins the FA Cup or something. Right. Um, who's, who's still in one the of the uh, it's 
Uh, quite a few teams. I think it's United. Okay, fine. So maybe uh, that will happen, which yeah. brings this into play then, because since New Year, we've ta- we've played 14 games and we've taken 25 out of a possible 42 points at 1.68 points per game. It's actually not that much more than the pre-Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. If we carried on that form, we'd get an extra two points. So we'd have 13 points from our last eight games, giving us a total of 55 points, which over the last five seasons would give us a maximum or highest possible finish of seventh. Okay. So seventh or eighth for this season. By the way, Probably. may I commend you? That is, that is any, any more for any more? Or is that... That's it. That's it. Yeah. So that's... I was looking. At, I basically mm. took the last five seasons as a um, mm. as a, a barometer. The most depressing thing about that is going back to the 2015 2016 season. We finished second. Yeah. And Leicester won it. That was so depressing. I mean. Yeah, I mean, that Welbeck goal where that went in, I really thought that was it. Oh, I thought yeah. I really thought that was it, um, as we all I did. I vividly remember that. Yeah. Do you remember when coming second was depressing? Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. fun. Um, uh, anyway, so... So, so in so terms of trusting, like t- trusting the process, the question was, so really, like, at the beginning of the season, what, what were your expectations? Because I don't, I don't know what mine were. Yeah, I, I was listening to the Arsenal Vision podcast with Clive and, and Elliot and, and the gang. And the question was like whether under Arteta has underperformed or overperformed or met your expectations this season. Um, and underwhelmed or like underperformed was the answer, but only because of how much he almost built himself up at the end of last season. Um, I think we have to compartmentalise pretty much everything that's happened this season. Um, it's been a pretty weird and unique season. We've gone through a really rough patch. We've signed a brilliant player in Thomas Party. Uh, we've found a, a, an answer to those problems. Um, you can almost split the season in half from Boxing Day. And since we found the issue to that problem, which took a long time to to find, that was almost staring him in the face for a while with Emil Smith-Rowe or just having that link, um, was it's a different season it's a different game and I think if you look at the XG stats if you look at how much we have performed whether or not we've got the points since Boxing Day we look a completely different team and I think if if we'd been playing like that all season we'd be in a very different place and if we'd have lost that game last night in exactly the same manner with exactly the same team but having played the way we'd done since Boxing Day throughout the whole season we would have easily instead of saying all this we would have gone okay, that was crap, but we had five players missing with Kiarantini included um, against a very good Liverpool team. I, I, I think yeah. we could easily brush it off. It's because it reminded us of that time where we were finding it so hard. I think the times before, it really oh. reminded, it reminded me very much how defensive we were and how counter-attacking, how much of a counter-attacking team we were and how far we've come since then. Because actually... Our build-up play since then, I know I've said this a lot, but has been brilliant. Our whole build-up play is is elite stuff. The way we progress the ball, move the ball around with you know the three creative midfielders behind Lacazette rather than maybe two out-and-out wingers with no one in the middle, I think is okay. is really good. It's just like we've missed so many chances and you almost can't blame Arteta for 
for the downfall or, or, or I don't want to say downfall really, but you know, the slight downturn of Abamyang, who's not been on fire as he was last season. Abamyang has actually had a far higher XG this season for himself than he had last season. So you can't count that. Outperformed himself, yeah. Exactly. Arteta's got Aubameyang into better situations this season than he did last season. It's just Aubameyang's not been on fire. So I I see that the team generally, I think, is going in in the right direction. There's actually a question here that's going to supplement this. So I'm just going to ask this to you whilst we're on this, unless you had anything sort of to say. No, I think my uh, I've got I've Mm. got a stat here. I've just worked out, and it's mind blowing. But well, so do do you feel? So, um, A-L, or, well, how am I going to say this? Alpha Javier, that's how you say it, sorry. Nice. Alpha Javier, nice Alpha. Um, do you still have a feeling that we are declining as a team rather than growing as a team? You, I could drop this in, yes. Go on. So, yes. no, no, I don't think we are because of what you said. So, we are better since uh, the second half of the season compared to the first half of the season by a factor of 0.28 uh, points per game. Nice. So as a as a if you had to guess if we had played like since the if we played the whole season as we have done since New Year, mm. so we picked up the same number of points per game. Where do you think we'd be in the league? I think we'd be. I think before yesterday, I know. I think the answer was third. But after now, no, 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 I this think, is the, across sorry. the whole across the whole season. If you expanded oh. that out, I think fourth. You, you're one point off. We would be fifth. Okay. We'd be ahead of Tottenham. Yes. And one point, we'd be one point behind Chelsea on 50 points. So I... No, I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. And, 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 and that's really obvious. Not obvious, sorry. But it's... You can tell that there's progression there. But I'm going to go one step further and say that we have had some rotten luck in, yeah. that, in that window. And I'd rather have that rotten luck when we're playing well rather than be completely clueless like we were in November and December as to what and we were yesterday. doing, how we were going to do it in yesterday, you know? And we did have a lot of players out yesterday, but I think um, I I think that the true reflection of that, if we were to play like the way we've been playing since Boxing Day the whole season and reverse some of the luck that we had, the bad luck we've had, I think we'd be sitting in third or fourth. Yeah. And that, that I think leads the, on to the question, which says, um, "Yeah, I think you've got it written down." But where do yeah. you see Arsenal this time next season? Yeah, let's just see who. I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be really um, bold and say we'll be competing for, if not in the Champions mm. League places, there or thereabouts. Mm, I, you know, I there. really agree. At the minute, at minute, that is really between. Oh, there's quite a lot of teams shooting out for it, but realistically, the ones who are going to be there are Leicester, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool. Mm. Well, so uh, just to, just as a heads up, Pavlo underscore eight did say, "Where do you see Arsenal this time go. next year?" Yeah, That's so, where I think I reckon fourth, fifth shootout between those teams, including Arsenal. Um, and mm. if we are not in the Champions League next season, because we don't win the Europa League, then looking to win the Europa League next season. Yeah, I I think so. Um, yeah, we just really shot ourselves in the foot by that period where we were playing such bad football, but. Yeah, I, uh, again, it's 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 a very very emotional topic because we are ninth or tenth. To be honest, I haven't even checked since the games played yesterday. Um, it's very, it's it's a quite a pop opinion to be like Arteta's bad, or it's very easy to say because of the position. Then it's this and that. Um, I think you really do have to dive deeper and to 
really see the way they're playing to understand how good the team have been. Like, you know, it's such a crazy thing to say considering where we are, but they genuinely have. Mm. And we have to compare them up, compartmentalize like this bad performance yesterday, but also the, the crazy inconsistencies of like individual errors. And, and that is part of our team, of course, granted, but yeah. sometimes what, you just can't what you count need for that. Is, is perspective, don't you? It's very exactly. easy to look at the microchasm of each game. But if you step back mm. and look at the last 14 games from Christmas, mm. the points per game are enough to be competing for Champions League, definitely. I agree. I, and I, that's I, yeah, with all so... those factors built in where we're not hitting our XG, like we're missing big chances, we're giving away stupid goals. And I genuinely think the longer Arteta is there, the less that becomes a factor. So you probably bump those numbers up a little bit. Mm. And I, I, this is why I stick to the fact that I think Arteta isn't just doing a good job. I think he's doing a brilliant job. I agree. How 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 to like our Unai Emery was in a better position than we are technically on league position and all that sort of jazz um and was still sacked and I think the reason is is because he he was maybe a slightly weak manager tactically we didn't really know what we were doing we were kind of drifting into eighth seventh or eighth but we didn't there was no view as to how we were going to get better yeah. whereas Arteta has ripped out the toxic core of the team. He's tried to implement a new style of play, which is working in terms of how well they're playing, the XG, how many times they get in front of goal, the defensive um, defensive issues we've had, um, got rid of some of the personalities that we didn't need um, and assigned a couple of really good players. Um, and I think the trajectory generally is upwards. And so I guess when you come down to where we're going to finish next season, um, I'm going to put to you that I, that might actually define that. Um, where do you think? Do you think we'll be in the Champions League or not next season? Yes. You think we'll win Europa? Yeah. Nice. I I'm going to leave that on <laughs> a couple of injuries, oh, no. but no, you can't. You have to give me an answer now. Whether you think we'll be in the Champions League? Okay. Next um, I think if we. No, no ifs. Okay, yes okay. No. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I do. I do. In, in short, I do. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I think we'll win the Europa League. Um, I think we're going to play league. United. League. We're going to win the league. <laughs> um, alrighty. Uh, we've got another question here from Quam. Quam Stew. Um, we know Quam, and he, all he's asked is, why are we so bad at times? You know what? I'm not even going to answer that. It's a stupid question, Quam. Yeah, shut up, Quam. Stupid. Stupid question, Quam. Get out. Jesus, Moving Jesus, on. Quam. <laughs> We're going to put on the WhatsApp group telling him that. that was rubbish. <laughs> Quam, come back next time. Make it better. Um, um, Nicholas, right, your question. Uh, Nicholas underscore Roy asks a much better question, and there's a few along these <laughs> lines. So uh, his question was, should we start Martinelli up front against Slavia Prague? But then I would like to open that up as well to include Obathala Marcus, who asks, time to drop over, and Cam MXT, who asks, who would you pick out of Laka and Ober to play a striker? The other one leaves. So essentially, who would you play on Thursday? And yeah. who would you play for the rest of the season? I think there's enough evidence at the moment to suggest that Aubameyang should be dropped um i think just purely purely on form never mind positionally um lacazette in better uh, better form he's been playing in big games really well um his link up play is better and he adds more abamyang shouldn't be playing on the left we discussed that there's enough evidence to show us that he doesn't do enough enough in the middle of the park um 
or he doesn't do enough in defensively either, but also is missing chances. Uh, and that's not to say he's finished, by the way. I really don't believe that. I think he's still a world-class striker, um, maybe not a wide man anymore in there somewhere. But I think you have to pick him based on form. Um, you have to pick Lacazette, I think. So that that one's pretty pretty easy for me, actually. And I'd Who start would you bringing... play on Thursday? So I'd play Lacazette up front. Okay. Um, I'd actually play Pepe on the left, and I would play... Um, oh, so left-handed Saka on the right. Left-handed Peppers. Yeah, I, mm. I don't see... I think, really, apart from yesterday, Pepe wasn't that great, but... He was starved of service and was yeah. left isolated quite a lot. Pepe's been brilliant on the left. And actually, apart from last night, it's been in pretty good form. So yeah. I, I think it's hard to want to start Martinelli on the left. Uh, hey, if, if Martinelli was to start on the left, I'd be very, very happy as well. But I think Pepe really deserves his chance. And I'm okay with Martinelli being eased into the team. Um, and he's starting to get 30 minutes here or there now. So I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, so I would say Pepe on the left. So left-handed Pepe's, I should say. Uh, Lacazette up top and and Saka on the right. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. Okay. Any anything to add? Uh, I think, uh, especially because Tierney is not going to be playing on Thursday, mm. having a left-footed player on the left side of the pitch would be a um, mm. a big component to that. It would be more uh, bueno. So yeah, yeah. So the only component of that question you didn't answer was uh, if you basically who would you pick out of Lacazette and Oba which you said you'd pick Lacazette but mm. if the other one left so considering we're going mm. into a transfer window in the summer yeah where we've just given Aubameyang a new contract he's 31 mm. Lacazette will be 30 with one year left on his contract so one year is going to be you either sell them or you re- you potentially run down his contract and let him go for free, which we've done with plenty of players recently. Or you try mm. and get some money for him this this summer, where he hopefully will maintain quite a good form up until the end of the um, end of the season. You potentially get a, a reasonable transfer fee for him. But who mm. what, who would you do if if we I say like yeah. let's say let's say Martinelli is going to be the backup striker? Because mm. I don't I think, see Enketia playing, so we keep we keep Martinelli as a understudy to a senior option. But that senior option, who would you prefer to see next season? Um, well, I'm going to another add another question to that at the end of this. So remind me if I forget. Um, but I think in in principle, it's a split decision for me. I think it's mad that we're at this stage. I can't believe we're sort of talking about it. But there's two things at play here. Firstly. Given how much we've invested in Aubameyang, I think it would be crazy not to keep him at that position. Yeah. But also, I actually had a dream the other day that Lacazette signed a new contract. So this is where I don't know. I've got to trust my my dream. And no, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, I genuinely am split on it. But purely because of the financial implications, I would say Aubameyang. We've got Martinelli, I think, as the second striker, and I really think that's the right thing to do. Um, Balogun's around there somewhere, but I've not heard a sniff from him in a long time, no. and he's probably gone. But then again, there are good. There's generally good conversations coming out of the camp about that, so who knows? Um, but I also think uh, perhaps maybe sign Aguero on a one-year deal for cheap. But I don't <laughs> think that will happen. Um, okay, but 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 yeah, it's a difficult one to unpack. That. So, what do you think? I don't know. I agree with you. I I've really liked um, Lacazette this season. I just don't think he'll be here next season. Yeah, it's, I think it'll a lot be, I'll of be that, sad. Yeah. I, I don't and I think a lot go. of that is because of the contract we gave to Aubameyang. 
um, the misallocation of resources. So having having two strikers that cost fifty mm. million pounds is stupid. Okay, what about this? What about this? If somebody comes in, if somebody comes in to buy a Bamiang or gets him on a free, but we don't mm. have to pay his contract anymore, mm. or so you can you can so Bamiang's leaving on a free. Yeah, but that means we don't, we don't have to pay his, oh, his contract yeah. or or Lacazette for free. Mm. So basically, you can just let one go without any idea of contract. Yeah. What would you do? I, I, I'd, have yeah, well, Laca, I'd have to let Lacazette go. Would you? I I think I'd let Bamiang go. You know, this is purely this is purely based on the numbers that Bamiang J generates every season, other yeah. than this one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think. But for me, I wonder. I think I'd let Abamyang go, and I'd keep Lacazette because I think Martinelli is a younger version of what Abamyang was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, if I you're going to have that as a second striker, that's just a slightly different tactical ability, maybe. But I don't know. It's all theoretical. Yeah. Um, uh, and who knows way, what's happened I to think Abamian. we should have mm. a um, a pathway for Martinelli, which I'm sure is already there. But, yeah. Um, I see him playing as centre forward. We've got Me so many too. wide options at the minute. You know, even mm-hmm. William, who's getting on, he's got another two years after this. <laughs> Such a joke. Isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, Pepe, Pepe, Pepe was in a long deal. Like maybe we'll sell him, but like you're gonna, you, there's no way you're getting your money back for him. No, Backers just signed a long term contract. Smith Rowe needs to be nailed down to a long term contract. Yeah, we're obviously signing Odegaard. Easy. And when you throw when you get Harlan in there as well, yeah. That's because you want like, is it is Aguero playing as fit second fiddle to to Harland or what? Uh, if, why do we play like he's a our cup striker? He's our cup striker. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or we could just play like a a three, two, seven. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Bosh. Okay. No keeper. Um, <laughs> oh it's dear. Three, just the three seven. Oh yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah. three two. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Um, let's do it. I'm in. We should. We yeah. should definitely be manager, or at least have yeah. a sniff. Yeah. Or or back up to to Arteta. Yeah. Assistant to yeah. the manager. Yeah, definitely. Abs- absolutely. Well, well, look, we've been chatting for a long, long time. There's a hell of a lot to unpack there because it was a, an awful loss. And uh, but I, I'm still feeling optimistic. We've got a Thursday game that, if anything, we're going to take a positive out of this game. Is that I think we have a kick up the arse to say, hey, we actually need to seriously sort this out because Slavia Prague won't be easy. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Who do we have at the weekend? Well, I'm a bit over the Premier League now. Okay, let me just have a quick look. I don't think... The thing is, I think yeah, we've, we've played, got quite an easy run in. Yeah, we've played the majority of the big teams. Mm. Um, so we have... Oh, God. It's loaded all the teams mm. for me. Quickly, come on. Arsenal... <laughs> Well, matches. Here we go. Uh, yeah. We have got Sheffield United, oh, then God. Fulham, then Everton, then Newcastle, then West Brom. I mean, it should, in theory, be a relatively simple run-in. But yeah, then, we then we've got like Chelsea, Chelsea away. But our last two games are Crystal Palace and Brighton. So if you okay. said, let's say we, how many points beat Sheffield? Three, six, nine, twelve. 
I'd be disappointed if we nineteen maybe nineteen. I'd be disappointed if we didn't end on sixty-one points this season. Because um, that's dropping. That's drawing one game mate. and losing one. I suppose. <laughs> I, I, sixty-one points is a big ask, considering but, the maximum points we can take is sixty-six. Yeah, but I think if we lose one and draw one of those games, I mean, okay. apart, so, let, let's say lose to Chelsea and draw one of the ones we should be winning. Okay. If we so, if we've got to have any chance of 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 getting in Europa, we've just got 60, to. That last season that would have got you for sixth. Yeah, and the season before would have got you seventh. See, okay. I think it's going to need that. It's going to need it because the amount of teams in between us and those positions yeah. is crazy. Okay, Villa, Tottenham, Chelsea, you know, what? Liverpool. Fuck it. Let's like, just win them all. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, let's go sixty-six then. Easy. Yeah, decent. All right. Posh. All right. And on that note. <laughs> see you in the Champions League next year. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be back next week after we've smashed Sheffield United and smashed Slavia Prague so we can play our kids in the second leg and we can focus on getting 66 points. Um, see you next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers.